Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, y'all? Welcome on to the GoVols 24-7 podcast, West Rucker, coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the GoVols 24-7 podcast. Let's go on over to that clown car full of children, that home daycare center. Get to the one and the only Ryan Callahan. Ryan, would you please be so kind as to tell us why we're having a breaking news edition of this GoVols 24-7 podcast? Well, Tennessee has added another player to its 2024 recruiting class, and this is a pretty big one. Four-star quarterback Jake Merklinger of Savannah, Georgia, announced his commitment to Tennessee on Thursday afternoon uh, during a ceremony at his school. It was also uh, streamed live on 24-7 Sports' YouTube page. Um, so if you missed it, you can go back and, and check out the, uh, the the stream of it there to, to see how it happened. But uh, Merklinger picking Tennessee over North Carolina, Georgia, and Michigan State. Uh, really, I think this came down to Tennessee and North Carolina in the end. He, he had just visited North Carolina again recently, went there twice this year, and, and he was pretty intrigued by his opportunity at North Carolina, where obviously that offense under Mac Brown has had a lot of success. Uh, Drake May, the star quarterback, potentially on the way out after this year, headed to the NFL maybe if things go well for him this year. So uh, I think he saw a real opportunity for himself to, to go into a, a high-powered offense there and maybe – compete for a starting job at North Carolina. But I think he always liked Tennessee. Uh, you know, this was uh, this past weekend was, was back in Knoxville. So uh, obviously the timing of his announcement set up pretty well for Tennessee with that being the final visit uh, before he announced. So I think people kind of uh, had the idea this week that the Vols uh, might be in position to land him as we kind of uh, hinted on, on Go Vols 24-7. And, and we saw the crystal ball predictions and everything. But, um, but yeah, the four visits to Tennessee in a span of a year – uh, you know, just, just up there regularly, and uh, and and I think really liked the program and 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 loved the feel of, of the campus, the program, everything about it when he was up there, and, and also sees an opportunity for himself at Tennessee, and we can get into this a little more yeah, later. Yeah, we but I definitely think, need to because I'm fa- I, I want to talk about him as a player first, but but that that whole mentality thing I love. Uh, yeah, because he, I mean, he he's potentially you know at least as of right now projected to be one of only two scholarship quarterbacks at Tennessee, so. Uh, you know, potentially coming into a, a quarterback competition even at Tennessee next year. Uh, and with the way Josh Heupel's even leaving this year's situation open as kind of a competition, you would have to imagine uh, that that with a potentially unproven Nico Iamaliava going into next year, that Merklinger will at least get a shot to throw his hat in the ring next year uh, to compete for that job as a true freshman. And then, you know, if, if the worst case scenario is he, he maybe doesn't win the job and, and he's still the uh, you know, maybe in line to be the the backup as a as a true freshman. That's not a bad position. So I think he liked a lot about the opportunity at, at Tennessee, regardless, and and likes the offense and the and the trajectory of the program and and everything else. So uh, I think think he always liked Tennessee, and and just despite the opportunity at North Carolina, 
uh, re- really liked the, the opportunity to play in the SEC and to, to play at Tennessee, a school that had impressed him every time he had been there. So big pickup for Tennessee. And, uh, you know, bottom line here is after getting a five-star quarterback, kind of a, a, a generational recruit as the, as the number two player in the 2023 class and Nico Iamaliava, Tennessee follows that up with a top 100 player nationally right now in, in Merklinger. And, th- and this is a guy that kind of set their sights on for months. They, they also were in on Jaden Davis, who, who's, uh, you know, looks like he's headed to, to Michigan in, in all likelihood. You know, no expectation even before Merklinger's recent visit that, that Tennessee might land Davis. That ship seemed to have sailed recently. So uh, there, there was really no, no chance of Tennessee landing him, I think, in recent months. So this, this kind of for a while has been the guy Tennessee's had its focus on. And so to kind of get one of your top guys again at, at, after getting a guy like Ian Maliava in last year's class, I think that's really impressive to, to be able to follow that up and stack some depth at that position, which makes some sense knowing, knowing that Josh Heupel's offense is high-powered, that he's got a pretty good track record with quarterbacks. There's a lot for them to sell there. But, but we did kind of wonder what level quarterback is Tennessee going to be able to get in this class, and they answered that with a, a, a pretty big uh, prospect uh, in Jake Merklinger. Not the, not the number one quarterback in this class, not the number two, but a guy that's still very well respected and viewed as someone that, with a chance to be a future starter in the SEC. Yeah, and just to, to reset the the details here, it, it is Jake Merklinger, as Ryan has mentioned uh, a couple of times now, six foot three, 195 pounds from Calvary Day School down there in Savannah, or Savannah, as some people down there would probably say it, and I can make that joke because I have a, a lot of family down there in, uh, in that corridor, that part of the country, so I'm allowed to make that joke. This young man, uh, by 24-7 sports, rated the number 97 overall prospect, number 10 quarterback, and in the 24-7 sports composite, he is number 55 overall and number 6 at quarterback. Ryan, describe this young man to me the, as best you can as a as a player, because what I see here is good size, not what you would call elite size, but very good size, 6'3", 195, sturdy build, and what I see when I look at him, and again, I think it's it's helpful, it's hurtful or harmful in some ways, but helpful in others that I'm not like as as you know locked in, laser locked in this world and 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 judging prospects and and viewing them and what they're doing. I just kind of almost kind of have like an everyman vibe when I look at some of these tapes. And what I see is a guy who has a good, not great arm, but a good arm. Uh, good but not great speed. I see a guy who uh, runs a system that you could see it kind of mirroring with Tennessee's dovetailing pretty nicely. It looks to me like you've got a guy who almost kind of looks like a point guard running an offense, which is a good thing because that's what you do at Tennessee. And his physical skills, why at least on film they don't maybe knock you knock you out, they impress you. Like he looks like he's pretty good across the board, both as an athlete and as a thrower who can make different throws. Yeah, good, good size kid has a lot of the things that you like in uh, a lot of modern quarterbacks. Which you know, most quarterbacks these days are good athletes. He certainly is that. He's also played basketball. Tennessee uh, sent sent Josh Heupel and Joey Halsley to his school to watch him play basketball back in January. Um, they they really you know prioritized seeing him when coaches were on the road in December and January and. And they've 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 been on him for a long time now. They they offered him back in uh, in May, but had him on campus in March before that for a spring practice. 
got him back on campus for a camp last summer. So they, they've got a good read on what they're getting. And, and I think the fact that they'd offered, you know, a, a pretty good number of quarterbacks in the 2024 class, but kind of set their sights again on, on Merklinger a while back as one of their more realistic options among that top group. Uh, I, I think tells you they they like quite a bit about him, and, and I can certainly see why. I got to see him play uh, a little bit at the uh, at the Under Armour camp down in, in Georgia back in late February, and I, I thought he was good that day. Not you know not sharp sharp, uh, not uh, incredibly accurate that day, but pretty good overall, and made some nice throws. And he wasn't really far off on on the throws that he did miss. So I think you can definitely see a lot of upside with his with his accuracy there. I liked his consistency. He, he just yeah he throws a solid ball pretty much every time uh, and and like you said not a not the strongest arm you've ever seen but it was good pl- plenty good to to make all the throws you need to you see some 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 deep balls that are nicely placed on his on his highlight film uh, and, and talking with his coach uh, at, at Calvary Day School he he really stressed that you know he thinks Merkling is a better athlete than a lot of people realize um, you know had solid rushing yards you know t- two or three hundred rushing yards. Uh, the past couple of years uh, as a starter there. He's been a starter since his freshman year. Um, so he's going to end up being a four-year starter at his school, which is pretty impressive. And um, and the fact that he's you know a, a basketball player kind of backs this up, but he thinks he's a better athlete and therefore probably a better runner than people realize. They just haven't really built their offense around running him all that much. So while that's a, a an important part of the game for any quarterback these days, I think it always comes kind of secondary to the throwing. But it's a it's a big plus in in this offense and most offenses these days to have that in your back pocket to be able to run some zone read stuff and, and to be able to make some plays with your legs and, and when you see him scramble on film too he makes pretty nice throws on the move I, I like the way he throws which it when he's outside huge, the pocket which is really really big definitely so so there's a, there's a lot to like about his game there's a reason he's a top 100 player you know he he moved up in our rankings a little bit after our analysts saw him in person. Uh, down in Georgia at that camp back in late February. Our, our guys down there have seen him uh, in some different settings and, and definitely like him. So uh, I, I think this is a really nice pickup, a guy with you know a good number of offers. And, and, and again, Georgia was a finalist. Georgia was trying to get two quarterbacks in this class, already has one. You know, whether, whether the two-quarterback thing was a turnoff or not, hard to say, but he didn't really um, give Georgia quite as much consideration in the end, I don't think. But some other SEC schools had offered and had just already gotten quarterbacks in this class. So uh, I think I think a good sign that he's he's got a lot of big programs that have offered, uh, just not a lot where it looked like SEC schools were going to be perfect fits for him the way Tennessee was. So I think you look at his offer list, you look at what our analysts think of him. That there's a lot to like about him, and, and obviously you see all that on film when you check it out. It's a it's a pretty good highlight film, and I think looks the part as a as a you know pretty highly regarded quarterback. Which short of Nico Iamaliava, if he stays where he is right now. He'd be right up there with Jarrett Garantano and some, you know, maybe one or two others as one of the higher rate, rate quarterbacks Tennessee has signed in the past 15 years. I mean, they've not signed a lot of guys ranked higher uh, than, than Jake Merklinger. So to, to stack these two quarterbacks in back-to-back classes, I can't stress that enough. Pretty impressive and hard to do these days. You only see schools like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, not many others can really do that in consecutive classes the way Tennessee is here. Yeah, and, and I, I've tried to make that point in multiple sports recently that the success Tennessee has had um, when you're ranked kind of top 10 in all three sports or, or major men's sports at the same time, you you get used to a certain level of success and, and you start to set your expectations for the next thing, which makes sense, but you don't want to forget that what Tennessee's doing now in several sports is, is still – infinitely better than what it's been doing in a while so you want to it's always a healthy perspective but what i like about 
this kid. There's a lot of things I like about his his mentality, which we can talk about in the second segment. But before we we kind of go away from the the first segment here, I I, I want to note. I really like progression in a player like anybody else would, right? You you want to see a guy go get better from one year to the next, and, and as he gets older. This is a young man who has 700 passing attempts, basically, uh, as, a, as a high school varsity quarterback, which is a really good number. And this young man is a sophomore, because he started as a freshman, then as a sophomore, he throws 25 TDs and has eight picks and then runs for 11 touchdowns. So he goes from 25 and 8 as a sophomore to 32 and 2 as a junior. So I don't know if there's better players around him or other teams in his region or the the schedule. We we don't know those variables, right? But what you can see is cold hard facts on paper and this kid improved. He took experience from one year, he absorbed it and he got better the next year. He's gotten better every year that he's been a high school varsity quarterback. And that's that's certainly the trend that you want to see because you want to see a guy who's kind of constantly improving and constantly working means he doesn't kind of get set on where he is. He likes to keep working. He likes to keep focusing. There's a lot to like there. And as a player, I I think sometimes we, Ryan, it, it can it can seem like an insult to say that. I don't know how many things this dude's just elite at, but he seems to be at least pretty good at everything. That can seem like a. Uh, like an insult or a knock, I I see it the exact opposite way. I think that's kind of what you want. Like if you don't have a guy who's just absolutely like elite as a runner or absolutely the best arm you've ever seen, you want a guy who's pretty good at everything because that's the kind of guy you want leading your offense. Well, you know who else was a a guy that wasn't really elite at any one thing but was pretty good at everything? Hennon Hennon Hooker. Hooker. Hennon Hooker. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's that, like you said, that, that gets you a long way in college football these days. So much of the game is about what's between the ears anyway, what, what, what decisions you make when you're facing a live defense. And that's ultimately what's going to decide the success of Nico Iamaliava. It's what's going to determine the success of Jake Merklinger at the next level. You know, what, what's he like when you put a defense in front of him, throw confusing looks at him, pressure him, all that stuff. And, and like you said, I, I like that he's got a lot of experience in high school. A little bit different from Nico Iamaliava. Yep. He only started a couple of years in high school, a little more limited experience. Merklinger started since the first game of his freshman year, so he's got a lot of experience under his belt. Uh, as Like you said, has improved throughout high school. I think you love the touchdown-to-interception ratio. You look at his yards, he doesn't have to throw for three or 400 yards a game, I mean, which not a lot of high school quarterbacks do that all the time anyway. Some do. Not a big deal if they don't, though, because sometimes that's a system thing. But the fact that he threw for 32 touchdowns and two interceptions, I think you love that he's that his decision-making has improved, that his accuracy has improved throughout high school. That's the kind of trajectory you want to see from a player. You know, I always say high school stats can be overblown. That's absolutely true. But I, I like, like you mentioned, to see that kind of improvement throughout high school where you can tell this is a guy not just staying on a, on a plateau, that he's he's got maybe a higher ceiling and he's already been improving from one year to the next so th- there is a lot to like about that and 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 like you said i i, I like the, a guy that has a skill set that's kind of well-rounded that he can do everything even if he's not joe milton with the arm even if he's not michael vick with the legs he's somewhere in that range where you can do a little bit of everything and do it pretty well and that way if you make the right decisions there's nothing you really can't do on the field that's the kind of quarterback you want these days yeah, if you have a guy at any position who maybe doesn't excel, like he's not like the most elite at any one thing, but he's pretty good at everything and he's consistent and he's smart and he works, you will have a happy coaching staff. 
That's exactly what coaches want. They want guys that they know what they're going to get. They want guys that they can throw different things at mentally, physically, uh, and they can handle it. That's that's what you want, and especially at a position like quarterback where, let's be honest, by far and away the most important position on the field. So there's lots more to, to d- discuss here. There's lots to like certainly about Jake Merklinger. This is a big day uh, for Tennessee football in, in many ways. Uh, this way uh, is one of them. Uh, anytime you get a top 100 quarterback, uh, Ice Cube would say you had a good day. So so let's uh, let's t- step away for just one second. Let's pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera, take a quick break, and then we'll come back and discuss more uh, about Jake Merklinger and what this means for Tennessee football and recruiting and, and all those other things. So uh, hang on for just one second, and we'll be right back. Hashtag ad. Money! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center. We are talking, uh, this is a breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Tennessee has added top 100 quarterback Jake Merklinger from Savannah, Georgia. Uh, certainly a big day for Tennessee. Anytime you add a quarterback of this caliber, anytime you stacked uh, quarterbacks of this caliber in back-to-back classes, you are doing what a big boy, big-time football program does. This is a big day for Tennessee, and there's lots to discuss about it, and we're going to keep doing that. Before we do that, though, just a quick uh, quick uh, request from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, go in there, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We really would appreciate that. If you're just listening on the website, govols247.com, nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this Govols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love, no complaints. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends, tell people you see around town, tell people you see walking the dog, playing golf, whatever it is you're doing Go tell people wearing orange about this podcast. Please, please do that. And if you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, I want to talk about mentality with this young man because I, I don't want to say that I think it's easy to sit here anytime anything happens and say this has to mean this or this has to mean only one of two things or one of three things because there's a whole world of possibilities out there, right? It's not so much a black and white world as it is kind of a gray world most of the time. I know I say that a lot, but that's because I mean that. That's what I really think. 
But when I look at what this young man has decided here, uh, I see one of really only two options, and I love both of them. Uh, because if whoever was going to come to Tennessee to sign as a quarterback, and Tennessee had to get a quarterback in this class, had to, and whoever was going to come in behind Nico Iamaliava was going to know that um, that the Tennessee's in, invested a lot of resources in getting that young man on campus, and Tennessee uh, feels very very highly about that young man as a prospect. That's a generational type talent. What he's consistently been referred to. So you knew that whoever was going to come in behind him was going to have to understand certain things and have a certain kind of mentality about him. And what I think this can mean, it can mean only two things. One, either Jake Merklinger has nuts of steel, which is awesome because he thinks, hey, I don't care what Nico Iamaliava was, was rated. I don't care what his NIL deal was. I don't care how much hype is around him. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to beat him. Kind of shades of Jonathan Crompton uh, following the quarterbacks he followed when he said, no, I'm gonna, I don't care who's there. I'm going to go there and beat them. That's what you want. That's what guys, programs like Alabama, Georgia, that's how, the kind of dudes they recruit every year saying, I don't care how many five stars are there. I'm going to go there and beat them. That's what you need. Or number two, door number two, which also would be great, is that this man or young man is mature beyond his years because he understands, hey, um, I'm going there – and even if Nico Iamaliava lights the world on fire, after a couple of years, I, I'm the guy. And so I can sit there and wait and improve and get better and then take over that thing when I'm older and ready to roll. Or I'm one play away from being the guy, worst case scenario. So either way, this is a young man who either has supreme confidence in himself or maturity beyond his years or both. And any of those options to me, Ryan, are good things. Yeah, I was, I was going to say it makes sense to me, and I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what he's been um, told uh, he might get to do at Tennessee, whether he's really been sold on the idea that, hey, this is going to be an open competition next year, or if he's just not worried about that either way. Now, when I've talked with him about it, he's sort of downplayed, A, the presence of Nico Iamaliava, that, that that was any sort of deterrent for him in regard to his interest in Tennessee. That obviously played out to be true. He also downplayed the possibility of being part of a two-quarterback class at Georgia as being a deterrent. So he's he has at least publicly given the perception that this was not a big deal and that he wasn't so much worried about the opportunities. He said all the right things. He said, hey, I know there's going to be competition anywhere. He knows there's going to be guys that come in behind him. He knows there are going to be guys that are already on the roster. He, he can't worry about that, that he's just got to got to pick the best situation for him and, and go compete. So that that's that alone is a mature uh, approach to have that you know there's going to be competition and, and you hear a lot of quarterbacks at least say that but obviously he's backing that up by saying hey I'm going to go in here I, it doesn't doesn't deter me that Nico Iamaliava is there presumably as the quarterback of the future I, I'm going to go in and compete and if I don't win the job then then he's presumably content to sit um, for at least a little while and, and wait for his turn while he develops so either way that goes. Uh, like you said, you, you have to like that. Um, now, hey, we could be wrong. Uh, it, it, it could be, hey, I'm going to go take my shot, and if I don't win, I'm going to hit the road and <laughs> get in the transfer portal. Sure. I don't think that's what will happen. Uh, but th- um, th- that's business. I mean, you, you, you can't yeah. really blame anybody, especially a quarterback, for doing that. Well, in, in this day and age, that's, that's possible. You just can't rule it out. But I don't think that's how this is going to happen. I think he's probably considered all the possibilities. I think he's uh, you know, going to give it more than, more than one year at Tennessee. I don't think that's how it's going to go. But, yeah, you, you never know these days. But, but by all 
indications he's a mature kid who I think has thought this through pretty well. You know, the the, the schools that it came down to in the end, I mean, there there was there was a, a a time that it looked like Michigan State was a was a real threat, a real contender in this one. So he was willing to go outside the SEC, whatever. And I I think that's smart. You know, I think a lot of people want their quarterbacks to be picking Tennessee over other SEC schools. While, while that's true in a lot of cases, we've seen great quarterbacks come from all over the country. The Pac-12 puts out plenty of good quarterbacks. The Big 12 obviously has. The Big 10. It's Quarterbacks go wherever, and I think he was smart and mature to show a willingness to go to different regions. He was looking for a good opportunity for himself and, and not just worried about staying in, in the SEC, even though he grew up in Georgia or, or whatever the case may be. He was willing to go just sort of whatever made the most sense, whatever felt right to him. In this case, that you know, it came down to Tennessee and North Carolina. I think in the end. So, uh, but yeah, definitely, I think you have to like if you're a Tennessee fan that he's willing to come into this situation as a top 100 player, knowing that he's got some competition there, and that he might have to wait a little bit if it doesn't work out. And that's um, that's a good sign. I think that he's the kind of guy that you want at that position. You know, you want a guy that's a strong leader, that's mature. Uh, I think on both fronts, he he's he's a guy with uh, that, that certainly checks those boxes and gives you what you want at the quarterback position. What about the 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 potential sort of trickle down effect of this, Ryan? I know that that last year people wondered maybe why Tennessee it had a good class and and maybe you know in hindsight it'll have a great class. We we never really know. It's hard to judge classes until a few years down the road. But there were people who said, hey, if if you've got Nico Iamaliava, why do you not have like a lockdown like top three, top five kind of class? around a quarterback like that and then maybe the answer to that is that every situation is different the world is different these days for whatever reason but regardless now kind of a two-part question here ryan do you expect any sort of impact on a on a kid like merklinger being kind of an addition to tennessee's class now and, and secondly would you expect perhaps the combination of Nico and Merklinger as something that will be attractive to other kids and will 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 open their eyes to tennessee I I do think I I think having a couple quarterbacks on the roster to to sell other other prospects on uh, certainly certainly helps you know people do look at quarterbacks um, we we've seen that before certainly with wide receivers and, and tight ends uh, they they look at things like that I think there you know there were some receivers who at least considered Tennessee even though they didn't go to Tennessee in the end we saw some big time receivers look at Tennessee obviously Carnell Tate top of that list but uh, there were some other guys who were interested in Tennessee because of the chance to go with Nico Iamaliava, knowing that they had a chance uh, to play with him. Even some transfers and players like that who have mentioned that as a consideration that they know Joe Milton and Nico Iamaliava are on the roster. So, so yes, I think it helps to have uh, a couple of guys at that position to, to be able to sell sell on that. And then also uh, for this class, you know, I, I certainly think it helps to get Merklinger in the class early. Uh, I think you're always wanting to get a quarterback commitment as early as possible. You don't want to force it just to get one early, but if you can get one that you really like and get him early, that's a plus. And so this one, for the second straight year, it's happening in March. Uh, Tennessee getting a March commitment last year from Nico Iamaliava, and, and then this year, uh, just before the end of March, getting Jake Merklinger. That gives you several months for him to go out and recruit. That means he can come back this summer and help recruit when you have a you know a recruiting event or a big official visit weekend. And, and does, maybe- his personality with what you know about him, is he going to be a kid who people are going to want to say, "Hey, like I like being around him"? I, I think so. Now, now, 
it's, we've already gotten the question on the on the checkerboard at GoVols twenty four seven. You know who, who might come with him. You know now now that he is, uh, or which players might this help Tennessee with the most? I don't think there's an obvious connection here where you just immediately say, yeah, Tennessee's more of a contender for that guy now. But yeah, I think he's got the type of personality. He's a he's a he's a likable, uh, just just kind of laid back kid. He's not uh, he's not you know intense or or anything that's going to uh, turn off any other recruits. I don't think, and, I, and he seems to get along well with everyone I've been around uh, that that knows him. And and he uh, certainly has gotten pretty high reviews from his coaches and everyone else that's talked with him about his leadership and uh, and, and everything that he does on and off the field with his high school team. So I, I think there's a lot to like about his just his general demeanor that I think can make him a, a pretty effective peer recruiter. Now, is he going to go out and bring in uh, a, a couple other highly ranked receivers or anything like that? Is he going to be a big factor at, at the end of the day with with you know the types of guys Tennessee's recruiting? You know, probably not in a lot of cases. As we saw last year with Nico Iamaliava, I think there are, there is a limit, especially in the NIL era, to what kind of coattails you can have as a peer recruiter. I think uh, so many kids, especially the high level recruits that Tennessee is often going after. You are making the best decision for yourself, and that's never been truer than it is now when players have their own NIL considerations to, to look into in addition to playing time and getting to the NFL and everything else that goes into that. So is it a boost? Absolutely. I think it can help, and I think, I think uh, in Merklinger's case, he has the type of personality to be pretty effective at that. You know, we'll, we'll see how he does, but yeah, not a lot of obvious connections where you'd say automatically Tennessee's a contender for this player now, but I think he can do pretty well in that area. At the same time, I wouldn't necessarily be expecting a bunch of receivers to just flock to Tennessee because of him. You know, it'll be somewhere in the middle. He'll help in some areas, but uh, at the same time, you can't hang your hat on that as something that's going to give you a a massive boost in recruiting when so much these days is about getting to the NFL, being in a good program, which Tennessee is now, uh, certainly has that perception as that now, and NIL considerations for a lot of these guys. Ryan, last thing I've got here, unless you have something else to add, is in terms of what this means, I'm not going to ask for numbers for the class because obviously we're a long way away from knowing what that needs to be, but I will ask about numbers specifically for quarterbacks because even with this addition, uh, Tennessee is on schedule to have just two quarterbacks scholarship quarterbacks on the roster next season just like it does this season and i gotta tell you that's a number that makes me uncomfortable it just does i think in a world where defenders are so big and so strong and tennessee's quarterback likes to get out and run a little bit usually and move the pocket and they're in that spread offense so zero coverages and stuff are going to get you hit a lot and that's just kind of how it is but you're just a couple hits away in theory from not having a single scholarship quarterback on your roster, which they can downplay it all they want. If I'm them, I'm concerned about that. So is there a way they could try to add another quarterback in this class? Is there a way that it has to be a certain type of guy who maybe uh, is a quarterback or a guy who could play quarterback, but he could also play wide receiver or running back or something like, is there a way to, to maybe find a way to to get a third quarterback, or would it have to be through the portal? What 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 all's in play there? Yeah, I think there are a lot of considerations there for Tennessee. I, I think, in short, they would like to have a third quarterback on scholarship on the roster going into the twenty twenty four season. Uh, now, there's a chance 
a chance, we've obviously discussed this, that Tennessee does have to ride out the 2023 season with two scholarship quarterbacks. I think they're going to dabble in the transfer portal, see what's out there, um, but I don't know if the situation is going to be very attractive to, to a lot of kids out there who are looking for a fresh start. Most guys are going to be looking to play if they're in the transfer portal. Tennessee obviously doesn't offer a great chance for that with Joe Milton backed up by Nico Iamaliava. So if you add a transfer this year, it's probably going to be somebody who at best – you can maybe sell somebody on the chance to compete for the starting job next year. And, and maybe the more realistic possibility would be just finding a depth guy who has no expectation of being a future starter and is just willing to kind of ride things out as a number two or number three quarterback the rest of his career and maybe pursuing a future in coaching like Clemson has done with a couple of guys. You could maybe try to sell that, but at the very least, you'd have to say it's a tough sell this year. Next year, I think there's a better chance you could find somebody in the transfer portal but still, I think you've got to be careful there because one of the considerations for Tennessee is not scaring off an elite quarterback in the 2025 class. And yes, this is how far ahead you have to think if you're a, co a college coach these days. It, it is going to be increasingly difficult to keep three solid quarterbacks on the roster uh, at all times. And, and you could make a case for at least looking for a second quarterback in the 2024 class. But I think it's, it's a tough proposition to pull that off also. And again, you don't want to scare off a, a 2025 quarterback. Tennessee is in on some very good quarterbacks in the 2025 class, starting in-state with George McIntyre at Brentwood Academy, who's a top 50 prospect nationally right now very early, but I think has that sort of trajectory where he's going to be up there and looks like a guy who's establishing himself as one of the top quarterbacks in that class. They're in the mix for Cutter Bowley out of Lexington, Kentucky, another highly ranked quarterback in that class, uh, and, and already involved with some other guys they like in that class, Deuce Knight from Mississippi, who visited Tennessee last week. Uh, and then in addition to that, you've got Nico Iamaliava's younger brother, Madden, who's in that class, will be a high school starter for the first time this year. Already has gotten some seven-on-seven -seven exposure, has had a Tennessee offer for more than a year. You know, that doesn't mean he's the top of their board right now, but I think he's one of the guys they're evaluating and still keeping an eye on. So all that to say, they're going to I think they're pretty confident they're going to be able to get a good quarterback in the 2025 class if things stay on this path. And if you take the wrong guy in the transfer portal, or take a second guy in the 2024 class, it could muddy the waters just enough to deter someone like that from coming to Tennessee. So all that to say, I don't really know what they're going to do yet. And, and that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think the transfer portal might offer the safest bet for finding a third scholarship quarterback. And it also means Tennessee's got to be smart about bringing in some pretty good preferred walk-ons as they tried to do this past offseason. I think that's going to be a, 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 an increasingly important path for schools to take to find quarterback depth. You've got to find a uh, some preferred walk-ons when you can, who can at least be an emergency option, if nothing else. So you've got to be creative in this day and age to keep quarterback depth. It's going to be hard for teams across the country, and Tennessee's kind of showing that. I, I don't know how that's going to play out yet. It'll be fascinating. I would look for a guy, and this is just me, and I'm not a coach, and and, and I'm not an evaluator, and I'm not an expert in any way in that world. I would look for a guy who could play like quarterback or wide receiver or quarterback or safety. And I would look for a guy who is good enough to be a scholarship player uh, at another position, perhaps, but is a guy who could play quarterback in a pinch. That's, that's what I would do. I, I mean, I, I, in a, in a Josh Heupel or other type of modern offense though, it's usually, uh, if you took a, a pretty good preferred walk on quarterback, that's probably going to be a better quarterback than most guys who are athletes. You know, that, that was an easier thing to pull off in the old days when offenses weren't so wide open, weren't so reliant on passing. That's fair. When, that's it, fair. when you run out of the I formation and just handing off half the game, you know, that's, that's something you could do. You could throw in a, a, a James Banks or, or whatever the case may be. So that, that's, 
that's a different era now. I feel like now you you kind of do have to have somebody who can throw it, and that's going to. I think you're you're usually going to be better off with a preferred walk on guy as opposed to just someone who's okay at multiple spots. But maybe there there could be a, a unique fit there. But I think it's harder to do uh, in this day and age. So we'll we'll see. I don't I'm, know. I'm just a guy. Get... I'm just a guy who likes to cover yeah. bases, Ryan. I like to cover bases. I, I like no no be, because you I, be creative. I, I think if you're coaching anywhere these days. And especially if you're coaching historically just about any sport at Tennessee, you need to be prepared for anything at any time. Like Murphy's Law finds its way to Knoxville, Tennessee fairly often. So I, I would just – I don't know. You're, you're probably right. I mean, you'd probably be better with a preferred walk-on who can run your offense and can place the ball where it needs to be placed and run things on time and do all those things. I, I just – the thought of going into any season with two scholarship quarterbacks, especially if you think you have a chance to compete for a championship, yeah. if I were a coach, it would keep me up at night. It just would. I wouldn't sleep it, well. I wouldn't. It, it's it's scary. And, and and hey, again, Tennessee might find someone in the transfer portal who is willing to to come in and be that depth. Like maybe they're coach, maybe they find like a future coach kind of guy. Sure, and, and maybe you find somebody who's a, a number four at his at his other school, and it's not even a great school, and he's willing to come to be the number three at Tennessee. You know, where, where there's at least a step up, and you're getting a chance to play in the SEC. You know, there might be at least a chance to to, to get someone of that level, but um, I, I don't know. It's going to have to be a, a, a carefully chosen guy, and it's going to have to be the right fit and the right opportunity and the right personality. So, I, I, I it's going to be interesting. I, I I think Tennessee's not even sure what to expect yet, but I do. I, I would say I'll be a little bit surprised if they go back-to-back years with only two scholarship quarterbacks. That's a tough, tough situation to have. So I think if nothing else, maybe next year you could try to find someone who's a, a, a depth guy that's maybe somewhat involved in the competition next year with Nico and, and now Jake Merklinger. But uh, but we'll see. I don't know how Tennessee's going to handle that. We will see. There's a lot of things that we'll have to see how Tennessee handles. But but that's life, right? That's that's the job. That's the that's the job Tennessee has to do, and that's the job that we have to cover Tennessee while it's doing. So we will see. Ryan, appreciate the time, man. Thanks. I know it's busy time always. It is, and 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 just uh, going out the door, I should mention it's a it's a big recruiting weekend for Tennessee. They had a big recruiting weekend last weekend. Visitors throughout the spring, so. Uh, we, we, we've got a lot we need to, to sort of catch up on probably in recruiting on another one of these podcasts. Yeah, but do. in the meantime, check out Go Vols 24-7 for full coverage of that. And, and there's kind of a steady stream of visitors throughout the the, the next couple weeks and really over the past several days. So uh, lots to read up on right now and uh, and plenty more going on. But obviously a big day for Tennessee to to get a, a highly ranked quarterback to add to its 2024 class. Always a good day when that happens. Always a good day for the Vols when that happens. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the time if I can use words correctly. Appreciate the time, Ryan. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, 
Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.